Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Let's give it up for Jesus one more time in this house. He deserves the very best. Amen. So, man, we're so excited and uh, we're pumped that it's Father's Day, right? So turn to your neighbor and say, Happy Father's Day. Now I know that might be a woman next to you. Now it's weird. No, I'm just kidding. But we are excited. And as we got ready to talk about Father's Day, man, one of the things I started thinking about is I started thinking about stories with my dad. And in our family, there's two things we're going to do. All right. The first one is eat. We're going to eat at all times, okay? So if we're coming together, there's food involved, all right? If you want me to show up, there's going to be some food involved, all right? The second thing we do all the time is laugh, right? So we love to laugh in our family. It's, uh, we just love to have a good time. Now, going back to the food thing, one of my friends from New Jersey is in town. And so uh, anytime someone from New Jersey comes in town, one of the things that I make sure happens, has to happen, no questions asked, is we take them to Krispy Kreme, all right? So the reason why is because they got Dunkin' Donuts up there, but how many of y'all know it ain't the same, right? Because Krispy Kreme, so what I like to do is watch them when they take the first bite. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The same experience we all have. I was telling someone earlier, I said, the good thing about Krispy Kreme is you don't really have to chew, right? So can you eat a dozen? Like, can you stop at a dozen? I think is the question. But anyway, so, so she came down and so we, we went to Krispy Kreme the other, the other day. And, and, uh, so, uh, again, I like to watch them when they take that first bite. And so she bit into it and it was like, oh, you know, it's like, it's like the same, it's the same feeling you get when, when God meets you for the first time, you know what I'm saying? Like you're kind of weak in the knees and you don't know if you can breathe real well. No, I'm just kidding. Like, and so uh, she had, I said, see, that's what I'm talking about. Those are pillows of heavenly goodness right there. Okay. So, but we, we like to eat and we like to laugh. And so I started thinking about one time uh, myself, our, our whole family and a few of our friends went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So we're in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge area. And, and so some of our friends with us, Sandy and uh, Danny Wilbanks, they went with us. And so we're there and I stumble across this thing on the way there that really set the tone for the rest of the trip. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a fart machine before. Y'all ever seen those before? Oh, yeah, it was on at that point, right? So we get it, and my man Danny, is, we, we're, we're sitting in front of Walmart waiting on the girls because the girls had to go in Walmart for one thing. How many of y'all know that's a 45-minute trip, right? So, so he puts it in his back pocket, and he's just leaned up against the wall, leaned up against the poles outside of Walmart. And every time people would walk past it, I would hit the button on it, and, you know, right? So people are looking like, man, what? Right. And so, uh, so we get over to this particular part of Gatlinburg. It's this street where there's like shops, right? So you can go in and shop and do all the things. They got taffy places where they're making candy. And, and so, uh, we find this little place and right where there, you can walk on the sidewalk, there was some bushes. So how many of y'all know what we about to do? We put that bad boy right in the bushes. And so as soon as I put in there, my dad comes to me. He's like, give me the remote, give me the remote, give me the remote. I was like, all right, fine, give me the remote. And I didn't see it, but he saw it. And there was this couple walking by. Now, I'm pretty sure they were on their honeymoon or something because they were obnoxiously in love. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like where you roll your eyes, like, listen, y'all don't love each other that much. Just stop, right? 
Like he hadn't, hadn't had a chance to not do the dishes or something. They just met, like, just got married, just moved in type thing, somewhere in that, that spectrum. And so uh, as they were walking by, Pastor Dan hits the button. And she reaches back and slaps the mess out of him in the back of the head. And uh, he looks at it, he's like, it wasn't me. And she's like, ain't nobody else around, right? I'll never forget watching my dad laugh at that because it was like side-splitting hilarious. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And uh, if you've ever seen Pastor Dan laugh uncontrollably, he reaches that point where he starts coughing and then laughing. And it's this unending trail of laughter that proceeds after that. So all that to say, uh, as we were getting ready for this, I started thinking about, I was like, man, that's what our family's good at. We're good at laughing. We're good at eating. All right. So I want you one more time to turn next to you and turn to your neighbor and say, happy Father's Day. All right. So let's get into what we got today. So anytime we talk about fatherhood, I really pull from the same area. And if you've been at TC a while, you've heard a good chunk of what we're going to talk about today. But again, we're probably going to introduce a little bit different slant to it. So I want you to, to hear what we're talking about today, because whether you're a father, right? So if you're a man and you are a father, these apply to you in the physical, natural sense of how you lead your children. If you're a spiritual father, it applies to you in a spiritual sense on how you lead your spiritual children. But also, if you're a woman in this house, this is not completely like not for you today, because you also need to have someone that's pouring these things into your life as well. And so wherever you are in this journey, we want you to know that fatherhood affects everyone, right? A lack of fatherhood is what has gotten a lot of our society to where it is today. How many of y'all know that's the truth? And so we want to talk about some fatherhood. And, and anytime I talk about fatherhood, we go to Matthew 3 every time. And so let's go straight there today. Matthew 3, 13 through 15. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan. So Jesus is going on his way and he goes to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He says, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. And he said, so why are you coming to me? Then Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Now, how many of y'all know if Jesus came to you and was like, hey, I need you to pray for me. You'd be like, uh, try again. I need you to pray for me. Right. This is Jesus we're talking about. So he comes to John. He says, John, I want you to baptize me. John says, false. You're going to baptize me, Jesus. OK. But Jesus looked at him and said, no, no, no. When God has called us to something we have to move forward with it, which takes us to verses 16 and 17. So let's go there. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven opened and he saw the spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love and him I am well pleased. Right. And that section of scripture actually builds what we're going to call the pillars of fatherhood today, all right? These three pillars of fatherhood aren't the only things fathers have to do, but they are the only things that without these things, a father is failing. And I want you to hear me today. There are far more things that a father can be doing, but a father must be doing these three things, all right? And we want to give them to you in the pillars of fatherhood, all right? So turn your never say pillars, so the first thing, well, actually before that, sorry. The first thing we want to do is show you 
what three things are happening in this text as we get into the pillars of fatherhood. Now, the first thing that's happening in this text as we get close to the pillars is that John shows us obedience. John shows us obedience. Because when John shows us what we should do, how many guys know sometimes Jesus' direction in our life doesn't make sense? Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever had Jesus lead you on a path, you looking around like, this is not what I had in mind. Sometimes, like Jesus coming to John saying, you're going to baptize me, sometimes Jesus' direction doesn't make sense, but that's when we have to walk in obedience. How many of you guys know obedience is easy when it makes sense? Obedience becomes hard when it doesn't. So John shows us obedience. Jesus, the second person in this story, shows us submission. How many of you guys know when things don't make sense, it becomes hard to submit? How many of y'all like to take control of your own life sometimes? And so Jesus shows us submission because, hear me today, if you are above following, then you are below leading. Hear me today. If you are too good to follow someone, you are not ever ready to lead someone. How many of you have ever worked at a company before that the person got promoted not because of merit but because of longevity? They, they worked there so long they got promoted, but it wasn't because they worked so hard. How many have ever had to submit to someone like that? Don't know what they're talking about, ignorant half the time, right? But they're going to tell you how to do your job. Got that face like, mm. Right? Why? People that haven't learned to submit aren't good to follow. You want to know why? Because submission shows us the true blueprint for leadership. Being a boss and being a leader are two completely different things. And so in our life, we want to look to Jesus as a sign of submission. So Jesus goes to the person who he's leading and submits to him to be baptized by him, which is huge. And then the third person in this story, which is actually God. And God shows us fatherhood. God shows us fatherhood. You see, our spiritual and emotional development is directly connected to the people that lead us in it. Hear me. Your spiritual and emotional development, how you become developed, is directly connected to the person that is leading you in it. Which is why, if you can show me a father who is arrogant and insecure, and I'll show you children that he's creating arrogance and insecurity in. You want to know why? We duplicate what we are. And so when, if we're insecure, if we, show me a father who always has been disqualified and I'll show you children who are walking as disqualified children. Show me a father who was never good enough and he's creating children who never feel good enough, right? Show me a father who's always telling children that they, they'll never be able to make it and I'll show you a father who's never been anywhere. Because the reality is, it's connect, who we're connected to will dictate the capacity and the direction of how we grow. And so we want to be connected to healthy fathers that encourage, lead, and guide us on that journey, which brings us to these pillars that I want to talk to you about. And the first one, first one in the pillars of fatherhood is that a father establishes identification. A father establishes identification. They identify their children. Now, yes, in the spiritual sense, 
If you go back to Matthew 3, 17, we actually see that God, when Jesus comes out of the water, a voice from heaven comes in and says, this is my son. You want to know why? Because Jesus is about to come in contact with all kinds of Pharisees and crazy people who are going to try to declare over him who he's not. And God wants him to know who he is. And hear me today, there will always be people ready to tell you who you are not. You got to make sure you have a loud enough voice in your mind and in your ear telling you who you are. And so identification is necessary because when we become identified and God speaks into our life and he begins to identify who we are, what happens is he starts to set into motion this identification process that starts to create this new us, rather than us trying to earn a new spot. When God identified, that's why I love, it, when I was growing up, my dad, he would always, no, it didn't matter if I was in trouble, if I did something great, if I did something bad, if I did something, didn't matter. Every conversation that he had with me started with one word, son. And whether it was a loving conversation or a disciplined conversation, he wanted me to know who I was. Because before you can get into fixing things, you have to identify who they are. And how many of us know that sometimes we have to be identified in who God is in our life, but more importantly, who we are to God. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, I'm not living my life anymore. I'm living God's life for me. And what happens is if, you, if your identification isn't found in your father, then you'll start searching for another place to put it in. How many of you have ever tried to find your identification of what you were good at? I remember watching the Disney movie when I was younger and for some reason it always stood out to me. I think I was way too young to even understand this concept, but I think God kind of spoke something into my heart. And there was a phrase because this man had lost his ability to be a construction worker and to do this one particular thing that he was always known for. And he said, when I lost the ability to do that, I didn't know who I was anymore because I had built everything that I was around what I was able to do. And I think some of us in life are the same way. We've built our identity about what, around what we're able to do, not who we actually are. But God wants to build an identity in you. And what happens is when we have spiritual fatherhood driving us, it builds an identification that God wants to give us. But also, it also helps build so much more than that because we start understanding this new version of us. How many of you have kind of been at war with the new version of you and the old version of you? Anybody ever been there before? And what happens is at that point, we have to surround ourselves with people that are going to help identify the new version of us. We got a young woman in our church, uh, Charity. She was actually leading worship today. And uh, we actually want to check out her story of how her life has evolved and changed through who Jesus is to her, but also through some healthy relationships in what we call at Transformation Church, small groups. So let's have a look at this video, guys. My name's Charity and I'm 20 years old and I moved to Pensacola um, about six months ago from Arkansas. Um, I was experiencing some health issues and I had gone through a pretty hard breakup um, and I had my family who lived here and so I just needed a fresh start. So 
I moved here. Whenever I first moved here, they were starting the um, spring semester of small groups, and there was a lot of like excitement around them. And so I was excited, but also really nervous because um, I wanted I wanted like friendships and connections more than just surface level. And then I knew so many people who had gotten connected to the church through small groups, and um, I wanted that for myself as well. So I joined about five small groups, uh, <laughs> and I didn't end up going to all of them because I didn't know what my schedule was going to be like with work. Um, but I ended up regularly going to two. I went to Girl Talk with Kathy Livingston, and then hand lettering with. Um, Karen Swan. I was nervous about signing up for small groups and I was nervous the first time that I went to my small groups because it was all new faces and new people, but I immediately felt comfortable um, in small groups after the first couple times of going. Small groups became such a big part of my life that I did look forward to them every week. It was actually the only thing I looked forward to because even though I was reconnected with my family, I still didn't know many people in Florida. and. Um, I also wasn't really happy in the job that I had currently when I moved here, so um, it's going to church, being part of the dream team, and going to small groups was literally the thing that I look forward to every single week. I joined the small group Girl Talk, and during that small group, um, at first I was really nervous, but after I was able to feel comfortable enough to open up and share my testimony, which I've never done, with um, that many ladies in that kind of setting before, um, it really impacted my life in, in an amazing way. My relationship with God is so much stronger than it's ever been, and I'm gonna always be grateful to that small group for that. And I have a spiritual mom now, Kathy Livingston. Me and her are so close, she calls me her daughter, and I absolutely love her, and I thank God for her in that small group every day. It's impacted me in such an amazing way because I have a stronger relationship with Christ than I've ever had. I have rooted, um, grounded, lifelong friendships, that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And um, TC has become so much more than just a church, but also my family. So. Yeah, absolutely. Let's give it up for Charity this morning. And so we're so grateful for her story. Why? Because relationships matter. And they help identify us when we're dealing with that sometimes. And so, man, that's a huge part of who we are. And we want to encourage you guys, man, make sure you get plugged into small groups because it'll help change your life. And it'll also help you when you're struggling with the old you versus the new you that Jesus says you are. Then we get into the second pillar, which is validation. You see, a father offers validation. He helps identify us, but then he also shows us who he loves. If we go back to Matthew 3, we see what he says. A voice came from heaven. It says, this is my son whom I love. And I know in society nowadays, it is not popular for men to say, I love you and to feel things and do all of that. But I'm here to tell you today that a true father shows his love for his children. The same way God shows his love for us. And so what happens is, is we find ourselves connecting to God in a powerful way because of the fact that he loves us. You see, we need to know who we are, but we also need to know whose we are. It's one thing to know who you are in identification, but it's another thing to know whose you are based on who loves you. And there's no one that loves you more than God. You see, validation comes from knowing that you belong to the Lord. If we go to Luke 12, 6 through 7, he says this, he says, what is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head 
are numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. In other words, what Luke is telling us is if a bird falls from, falls from the sky and God knows who they are, don't you think he's looking out for you? You see, God is caring. He's caring about your story. He cares for who you are. He loves you. He loves you more than you could ever understand that he loves you. And so our validation comes because God loves us so much. The problem is that when a father doesn't show validation to his children, what happens is then the children go looking for validation somewhere else. The reason that we see so many young women getting in and out of relationships so fast, the reason why we see so many young women having babies before uh, they're married and before they're even ready is because they're looking to create validation from another man because the man that was supposed to create it failed at it. You see, a father is supposed to create validation in the children's life, but then whenever they don't find it, they go looking for it in the arms of another man. And quite frankly, I even believe that one of the reasons, one of, not the reason and not always the case, but one of the reasons that even some of some young men struggle with homosexuality is that the man that was supposed to create validation in their life didn't do it. And so it drives them into the arms of other men. And the reality is, it is the father's responsibility to create validation, to show love and affection the same way God does it for us. God shows us his love for us and that while we were sinners, he sent his son to die for us. And so there should be validation. And then lastly, a father gives affirmation. A father gives affirmation. Again, if we go back to Matthew 3, 17, and a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. You see, God shows us affirmation because he shows us that he doesn't just identify us. He doesn't just love us, but he's also proud of us. How many of you ever felt like you let God down before? Anybody? Three of us. The rest of y'all lying? See, look, you let God down right there. No, I'm just kidding. We've all felt like we've not lived up to what we were trying to be, right? We've all felt like we've failed God in some shape, form, or fashion. You see, what we have to understand is that affirmation in your life, being affirmed, God showing you that he's proud of you is directly connected to how close you are to him. You see, affirmation is a matter of proximity. You see, when you get close to God, you don't feel as guilty when you mess up. So I'll put it to you this way. Let's raise our hand one more time for all those that have blown it, messed up, sinned, knew you were doing it, didn't care at the time. You just fell face first into a pile or whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just you messed up, you blew it, and you knew it, okay? Right? How many of you, ever, how many of you had that shame set in on the inside of you, right? But how many of you have ever messed up before, and even though you knew messed up, you, you felt comfortable in the fact that God's grace was available to you. How many of you guys ever felt that before? You want to know what the difference is between those two? It's not where God is. It's where we are in relation to God. You see, when we're far from him, shame consumes us. When sin comes into our life and we're close to God, what we actually do is we relish in who God is, not in our failures. 
But when we're far from God and we mess up, we actually become consumed by the guilt that sets into our life. See, affirmation is a matter of proximity. It's a matter of closeness. You see, God wants to be our greatest delight. More than anything you could earn, more than any promotion you could have, more than any job, degree, career, more than any wife or husband, more than any child, God wants to be the greatest treasure of your life. He wants to be the greatest father you've ever had or for some of you, never had. And where your father may have failed you, I'm here to tell you today that God's not. God's not interested in letting you down. God's not interested in turning away. He's looking for every possible way to save you. And so God loves you and he's looking for you. Hebrews 4.12 says this, says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and, say that last word with me, desires. You see, the point of God's fatherhood in our life is that God wants to be our greatest desire. I think John Piper puts it best like this. He says, God is most satisfied in us when we are most satisfied in him. You see, God wants to be our greatest desire. He wants to be our greatest satisfaction. And if you're a child looking for a father or a spiritual father or needing one, man or woman in this place, I'm here to tell you that there's a heavenly father that loves you so much. He's ready to give you a fresh start in a new life. He's ready to give you a new beginning. He's not waiting to judge you. He's waiting to welcome you. He's looking for every possible way to show you grace and mercy. He's just waiting on you to come looking. On Father's Day, I, I remember my little man. For those of you, maybe you're new, and you don't know, my wife and myself, we lost our baby boy last year, my only child. So fatherhood and Father's Day can be a little rough right now. I remember, I remember growing up playing hide and seek. Any guys, any hide and seek folks in here? Stop crying for a second. All right, just bear with me. Okay. I mean, you remember playing hide and seek? We used to play neighborhood hide and seek, right? This is before people got crazy with windowless vans giving away free candy, okay? But this is, we used to play neighborhood hide and seek at, at nighttime. And so it was like everyone's backyard was fair game. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What was, what, what was your goal, right? It was to find the best hiding spot you could, right? And so you were looking for like the hiding spot behind the boxes, on top of the refrigerator, in the neighbor's garage that wasn't even part of the game. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like you were just hoping they didn't close the garage while you were hiding because now you're stuck all night. And I remember when we were younger, we would, we would play hide and seek. And so we would, you would try to find it and, and if they quit playing the game while you were hiding, you just won. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That was good times. But when you become a father, 
hide and seek gets a little different. Because instead of hiding behind the boxes on top of the refrigerator in the neighbor's garage, what you end up doing is hiding in places that don't even make sense. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like you hiding behind tables you can't fit behind. Just Why? Because when you're a child, hide and seek is about not getting found. But when you become a father, hide and seek is all about being found. And you see what God is doing in our lives is he's not hiding behind things where we can't find him. He's in plain sight with arms wide open, looking for us to come looking for him. He's waiting. He's not trying to hide. He's not trying to mask himself. He's not trying to not be found. He's putting himself right out in front. And he's saying, I know you've messed up. I know that you've been covered in shame and guilt and and you don't necessarily know which way is up sometimes. But none of those things stop me from loving you. None of those things stop me from being here for you. I'm here to give you a new identity that only is found in Jesus. I'm here to give you validation and love that you can't find anywhere else, but you can find at the foot of your father. And I'm here to give you affirmation because I'm proud of you. And though you may have failed, though you may have slipped up, though you may have tripped up, I'm here to tell you today that I'm proud of you. And it doesn't matter where you come from. Those things don't stop where I'm ready to take you because purpose and destiny is a part of your life. And today, if you're far from God, I'm here to tell you that he's waiting for you. And again, he's not waiting for you to slap you on the hand. He's waiting for you with arms wide open. Because God is not hiding. He's in plain sight, ready and waiting for you. Let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that God, even when we were hiding from you, you went searching for us. And so, God, we look to you to be our everything. Our desire, God, is that you would become the very source of life for each one of us. We love you today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. With everyone's heads bowed and your eyes closed today, If you're in this room and you don't know God, maybe you know enough about God to know that your life isn't right with God. Maybe you're far from him. Maybe that's the first time you've ever been in church service or maybe you've grown up in this. But what you know right now is that your faith isn't in Jesus to be the payment for your sins in your life. You see, the beauty of the gospel is this. That even though we're all sinners, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, we're all broken. We all have false issues and problems. We're all there together. Even though we are all of those things, Jesus loved us so much that he gave his life for us. When he died on the cross, he offered you and I a way out of this sinful world that we could spend an eternity with God and know him forever. And today, if you wanna know him, today, if you want a fresh start, Today, if you want to be saved from the sin in your life that we've all had, no one's here to judge you or look down on you. We're all here to be introduced to the same living Savior who gave his life for us. If today you want to be saved and you want Jesus to give you a fresh start, a new beginning, a chance to start all over, I'm here to tell you that this is your day. And with everyone's head bowed and everyone's eyes closed, no one looking around, If you want that new beginning, if you want that fresh start, 
The Bible says we repent of our sins, those areas of our life that we know we shouldn't have. We turn away from them. We don't go back. But then the next step isn't on us. It's actually already been provided by Jesus. And that's that we put our faith in him, that when he went to the cross, we believe in our heart that he paid the price for our sins. And today, if you wanna know him, I wanna introduce you to him. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna pray for you today. And if you wanna know Jesus, you wanna give him your life and you wanna be saved today, right where you sit, where you just lift your hand and say, that's me, pastor. I'm ready for a new beginning. God bless you. Yes, awesome, awesome, awesome. Hands are already going. Once you put them up, you can put it down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just wanna pray for you. Is there more that says, that's me, pastor. I need a new beginning and I'm ready for a fresh start. I need Jesus to save my life. Awesome, yes. Maybe you're watching this online. You're saying, that's me. I, I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. What this prayer does is puts words to the actions of your heart, that in your heart, you're putting your faith in Jesus to be saved. And so we're repenting, but now we're gonna pray a prayer together. Let's declare with our mouth what the actions of our heart have already accomplished. We're putting our faith in Jesus today. The whole church is gonna pray with you, so you're not praying by yourself. So let's pray, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I want to follow you. I give you my life. Give me a fresh start. Give me a new beginning. I'm putting you first. I want to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together one time for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.